Warriors have two. Bryant. To shot! What's up, everybody? How we doing this week? Welcome to this week's edition of 48 Minutes Basketball Network. Uh, I know we're a day early, uh, but just kind of with uh, travel schedules and things, we thought this might make the most sense this week. I'm Tim Daniel here with Josh Hayes. We are without Sean as Sean is in beautiful Florida this week. And Ben is uh, celebrating his son's team getting to the ninth region championships in the Northern Kentucky area. So kudos to them. Uh, pretty cool. They beat like one of the better schools in our area. So that's pretty nice to see. You like to see it. Um, so, but Josh and I, we're excited to be here and talk about a few things. And dude, I want to really get into first of all, fall. Um, really excited about today. Had some really, really good Sunday afternoon games. And we were talking a little bit off air before we got on here. It totally gave like some NBA on NBC vibes of like the nineties of like those magic heat games and those Knicks bulls games. You would see like Sunday at two o'clock when the NFL was over and they kind of had to own that one. So uh, the first game today on ABC was the Suns Mavericks game, which was awesome. It was super good. And obviously there's the storyline of Kyrie and Kevin Durant playing against each other for the first time since they both left Brooklyn. This is Durant's first week playing for Phoenix since the trade and, uh, you know, as suspected fit in perfectly, uh, Kyrie and Luca are tremendous. So there's one point I text you guys today. I was like, I'm watching this game and the guard play in this game is ridiculous. And it's not even fair to the point where we're talking about the four starting guards. Chris Paul was the worst guard of the four. And man, that was one heck of a game. Absolutely. You know, um, I was texting you earlier uh, when you and uh, asking you about uh, who was the other game and you were like Lakers Warriors. And I was like, man, you know, two years ago, Lakers Warriors, you know, healthy Braun, healthy Steph, like, or just looking at the way that the season was supposed to pan out this year. Like that's like a big time marquee matchup to be able to have on a matinee on a Sunday to watch. Um, but for me, you know, I was really looking forward to this Phoenix and uh, Dallas game because I was like, KD's got a couple games under his belt. Um, and I texted you and I said, hey, man, I said, it's my personal opinion. KD healthy to me is always the best basketball player on the floor. Um, and what I mean by that, he's just a pure hooper. Like, give me For the sure. rock. I can score. Like, I just love pure basketball. And um, we all said it, man, when we found out KD went to Phoenix, we're like, championship. Like, that team is – he seamlessly can just fit in anywhere and play ball. Like, he plays his ball, his way, anywhere, any style, any system, all the time. And then you got on the other side, uh, like you said, Luka and, and Kyrie, um, they pretty much been doing this together ever since that he's been in Dallas every single yeah. night. Um, they just need everybody else to jump on board. So, um, yeah, man, um, 
I was I was keeping up on the game. I couldn't actually watch it, but I was keeping up on it. And you're right, man. It was a fun game. It kept going back and forth. And finally, uh, Phoenix kind of pulled away towards the end. But I'm still always mesmerized, man, when I look at this stat line and I see KD 37 points on 17 shots. Like, I don't yeah. know how much more efficient you can get as a basketball player than this guy. And then to see, like, Devin Booker, I almost feel like he's being pushed since KD got there because he's balled out every single game. Since. Yes. Yeah. So um, this team's going to be really hard to beat, man. In a seven game series, that's because we both know when you get into the playoffs, um, rotations get shortened to like seven guys, maybe yeah. eight. And then like your superstars show up and those guys win games for you when the matters the most. So there's a lot of star power on these top teams in the West, man. So it's going to be interesting to watch. And that's why, and I know we're going to get into it here in a minute, but like teams like Memphis and Denver, I've never really been like super sold on. Like Jokic is great, obviously. And, you know, Memphis has a really good young team. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to shortening the rotation, it's like, oh, uh, you know, it's like Denver's like Thomas Bryant. And, you know, it's like, you know, all these guys you are like, um, even like in a situation like, you know, We'll talk about the Lakers here in a moment, but like if they that's a one eight, like I don't feel very, I mean, you know, I feel like Denver would win. I feel like they're the better team, but I'm not super confident in them in that circumstance. And then, uh, but like, yeah, like Phoenix, you know, everyone, after they made the trades, it's like, well, who are they going to play after their starters? And, you know, you're seeing these guys play really well for them. Like you mentioned. And then I, you know, with Dallas, we talked about the, ever since that trade happened, if it's a two-man team. Tim Hardaway Jr. was excellent today. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I don't really know. Besides, I mean, Christian Wood plays pretty well. So it's, you know, really, really an interesting dynamic for all those guys. But um, I thought today was just perfect. I think for Chris Paul, this is just like his best case scenario for basketball because this is the guy, right, that we kind of labeled the most jinx NBA player. I think you can make the case now Chris Paul might be if he's not the best, he's top three in best players to never won the championship. Barkley, Malone, Chris Paul, I think it's kind of a really that's that's yeah. um, you know, I'm sure someone will throw other names at me. But I just, you know, I think this is just awesome for him in a situation where it's like I've got Booker, I've got Durant. Uh for DeAndre Ayton, life's a lot easier. Just get rebounds and we'll take care of the rest. And that's what they he did today, getting 16 boards. So yeah, man, I'm I'm in on this Phoenix team. Um, we got to see Durant against Chicago Friday night and tear him up. I know Wednesday was Charlotte, tore them up. So I, I'm a believer uh, for sure in them, man. I really well, the one guy, the one guy that's really stepped up, man. Um, that I don't think people really talk about, man, is um, Josh Akogi, man. Like he's yeah. he's moved into the starting lineup um, since Miles Bridges has been gone and. You, you look at his um, season stats, he's averaging seven points and three rebounds a game. But his last 10, he's uh, he's rolling at 17 and a half and five. I mean, that's a huge jump just because he's getting minutes now. Right. And like some of these guys, when you see them get minutes, you know what they can do. So like when this rotation gets shorted, you know, with um, Phoenix Suns, I mean, there's always that possibility you can get bubble TJ Warren, you know, to show up at some point. It's true. Um, you know, Payne, Craig, 
Warren, Terrence Ross, uh, Terrence Ross, like all veterans to me. Like, like I said, they, they, they've solidified, but their starting five right now has to be, I mean, if not one of the best, maybe the best in basketball at this point. Um, when you just, just go and Booker, Paul, eight and Durant, I mean, and then just put it whoever you want to put in. Yeah. Me. Right. Yeah. Tim Daniel, small forward. I like it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm sold on them. I had to. Uh, I, I wanted to see how long it was going to take KD to fit in, but then I realized like he played for the Warriors and he just fit in and he went to Brooklyn and he just fit in. And I should have known that he was just going to fit in. Yeah, he's he's the system where he goes. You know, he's kind of like you know him, LeBron. Those are like the guys. Who's like, well, you know, we're getting this guy, and this is the system. It's like, no, no, he's the system. Um, so that's kind of how it always goes with them. So on the other end, um, man, you know, I hate that Kyrie Irving's such a distraction off the court because watching him play basketball and just his talent, and he's just a straight, you know, hooper. You know, and that's why I. I I personally don't think his legacy is amazing, but I think his talents are amazing. Um, I, I know he's got the shot against Golden State to win the title, but he's really done nothing besides have without having LeBron in his corner. Look it up. It's a it's a, facts or facts or facts. But yeah, man, you know, with you sorry, just with you real quick with that, and I was gonna just touch is that he had his chance when he was in Boston to yeah. solidify himself as that guy, and he legit just drop the ball big time yeah for sure i agree um but tonight man i mean today he's just he's so fun to watch like when he's like playing basketball and nothing else matters the stuff he does like these crossover step back threes that he's the only person in the world that can do um these you know his ball handling skills are obviously second to none just so many things man having luca there who just kind of have like a kind of be as like his you know the second guy at times the way he finishes at the rim i've never seen anybody at his size do what he can do dude it's not it's it's unbelievable the things he can do it's like why can't we just have that conversation about him because he always has to go do something else outside of it which is you know whatever it's whatever but like god dude he's just unbelievable and stuff he's doing today uh there was a moment in the game where durant blocked his shot and that was kind of funny because i knew it was like i was like that's gonna be all over bleach report in 20 seconds and it was um, but you know, Christian Wood played really well. Tim Hardaway Jr. played really well, but this team is like, like we've been saying, man, are we confident this is a non play in team? Are we sure? Like, this is how we feel. Cause right now I get it there. Um, no, right now they are the seven seed. They are hosting the play in. They're the same record as the Clippers and they're a gate two games above the jazz and the, I, and the wing I told you all that I felt like even though they got Kyrie, they got worse. I agree. Um, because they lost so much depth on their team. Um, and again, Kyrie can make up a lot. He can make up so much on the scoring end, but at times he's a liability on defense. Even though I've seen him play really good defense, when he wants to lock down on defense and play defense, yeah. he can play. It's like James but it's, Harden. But it's James when, he wants, when he wants to play defense. When he wants to, nice. right? Yeah. Same with Kyrie. Like I remember, it was in the it was it was in the Philly in the Philly game where he wanted to guard James Harden and he locked Harden up like big time. It was it was I was like whoa yeah. But he doesn't want to be that guy all the time. But on offense, he wants the ball all the time and he wants to score. Um, as much as Luca's improved on defense, like he's still sometimes a liability on defense. So 
you know, they're big. Christian Woods, a liability on defense. Um, I am glad they got Dwight Powell back. I think he helps a little bit. But yeah. when you look at their roster as a whole, like Luca and Kyrie's got to carry them to a series win. I mean, pretty much it is what it is. Yeah. And I mean, Luca, obviously, you know, going to the Western Conference Finals last year has shown the ability to win playoff series. But, um, you know, obviously it's a team that's really dangerous if they do make a move, if they do kind of get on a hot streak, you're probably, you're pretty scared about them. But, you know, if you go back to that Lakers game last week when they're up, I mean, they destroy them in the first quarter. I think they're up 20 and then Los Angeles comes back and wins, and you're like, ah, you know, like you guys need more guys. And look, I don't blame them. I probably make that move too. If I'm the front office to get him on my team, but you know, yeah, it helps ticket sales. Um, you know, it's the best player Luca's ever played with. We've been saying forever Luca needs a second guy. Um, that's your second guy, but you know, these top heavy teams we're seeing don't succeed anymore. And that's the kind of the conversation we've been having. It's like, you know, unless you're Phoenix, of course, but um I still think Phoenix is pretty well balanced, even with the moves they made. So this so, this team now, like Dallas, what they need is a is a Jared Allen type guy. Um, they're not getting Jared Allen. Don't get me wrong. No, 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 no. <laughs> they're definitely not. not letting him go. But um, they need that kind of guy now on their team. Um, I think that helps anchor like a defense um, that they can make some big stops when they need to. Um, you know, somebody they can play pick and roll game with that they can get to the basket. Christian Wood is good on one end of the ball, on one side of the ball, and not the other. I've always yeah. told you, man. I'm lobbying. You guys think I'm crazy sometimes, but I'm like. JaVel McGee gives me quality minutes. I do not – I still don't understand why this guy don't play 15, 20 minutes a game or more. Like, it just baffles me sometimes. And I know he's the kind of the butt of jokes with Shaq in the fool and stuff like that. But it's like every time I see him in the game, it's like six minutes. He's like eight points, five rebounds, two blocks, and he's done. And that's the end of it. And you're like – start doing the math, and you're like, you do that for 36 minutes. You're like, man, that's a lot of, that's a lot of stat line right there. But obviously they, they know something I don't that doesn't allow him to play. So, yeah, I don't know if it's like his body can't handle playing that many, that many extended minutes or what, but um, yeah, I think you know that was a really fun game. And then the second game today, you know, LA and Golden State, um, two teams really hobbying for um, their playoff lives, you know, their playoff situation, like hopes. Uh, Golden State right now obviously has the five seed. They, uh, if the season ends today, they're playing at Phoenix for the first round. That's really fun. Um, and then the Lakers are now just a half game behind New Orleans for the last play-in spot. So what today told me about these two teams, I'm going to take a whole different dynamic than I did on the other game, Josh. Um, with the moves that the Lakers made and who the Warriors are, they're two teams that are just flat out impossible to count out. You can be like, oh, you know, they've got this uphill battle. And it's like, but um, first off, are we sure Jerry Vanderbilt wasn't the highlight of the trade? Are we sure it was D'Angelo Russell and not Jerry Vanderbilt? I think it was Jerry Vanderbilt. Uh, did you see that coming? I kind of did, but not to this extent. I've always liked Vando. I always thought he was a really, really good dynamic role player. But what he's doing now next to Anthony Davis is unreal. Um. And then, of course, on the other side, it's Golden State, it's Steph Curry, it's Clay Thompson. It's, you know, whenever they get Wiggins back, if they can have, if they have a playoff spot, you feel really good about them. But man, like this game was really fun. It was a big fight. The Lakers really needed Davis to be like 
super awesome to win this game. And he was, I mean, he absolutely was. And he's why it's why he's the most irritating player in basketball, because it's like, why is this like a here and there thing with you? 39 and eight is something you can do regularly. And you did it the whole beginning of the year before you got injured. You were doing this. was it two weeks straight. We're like, we're like here, like you guys got to run your offense through him. And now it's like, he picks and chooses when he does this. It's like, uh, you know, like my guy, you're the dude now until the LeBron's foot heals or whatever the hell's going on with that. This is up to you. And today he answered the challenge. He was tr- terrific. Um, they're just so much more better as far as like having extra bodies, right? You know, uh, the Rui Hachimura's, the Malik Beasley's, and they're without the injured Russell and LeBron right now. Uh, Dennis Schroeder played pretty well today, even though he didn't shoot pretty shoot all that great. Our guy, our guy, Austin Reeves with another nice game. Um, I listened to Jacoby and uh, on say that he doesn't count on this team, and he's like, "What are they? What is Memphis? What are they going to do when they have to play a Memphis Grizzlies team?" Which I'm like, "Ah, uh, you watch the Memphis Grizzlies in like the last five minutes of basketball games? It's it's messy, um, and this team seems to be pretty good if they're in the game in the last five minutes. Like they got a shot and they feel comfortable with it." So, I well, think to add, good. To add, go ahead. To, that, uh, to add to that, though, they're 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 three and two in their last five games, but the teams that they beat were Oklahoma City, which is a team they had to beat. Yep. Um, then they lost to Memphis, uh, which was kind of a chippy of a little bit of a game. Ja went off on that in that game a little bit. Yeah, he was awesome uh, in that game. Especially was the third quarter when he went like twenty eight points, like just crazy. And, and then we'll talk about that here in a minute. But then. Um, they beat Dallas, which was a team they had to beat, and now they've beaten Golden State, which was a team they had to beat. Yeah. So you don't really see it in the record at 31 and 34, but like you said, they gained some ground knocking some of these playoff teams down a notch, and then they gained on the Pelicans, who I think might end up just falling apart if they can't I think get, they're done. Yeah, if they, especially I, I don't know if um, – if my man's going to make it back, I really don't. I don't think Zion's going to make it back at this point. Um, they can't win without him. We see what team they are with him. Um, he just gives them a whole different dynamic. But the Lakers, we said it at the beginning of the season. The roster they had was horrible. Like it just did. This roster now fits. It fits what they want to do. Beasley yeah. is a shooter. <laughs> like this guy can get hot and knock down shots. They have shooters now. Yeah. Um, Vanderbilt, I, I can't understand because his stats don't look any different, but he makes them better. So much better. He makes all the little things that he does on the floor. I think Rory, what might've been a better deal than what we thought it was. Um, he, he makes some big baskets when he needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's a good defender. He's like, he is. Than defender than I thought he was. And, uh, up until he got hurt, D'Angelo Russell looked like he was going to fit in just fine. And, yeah. Other than the fact that he messed up his whole money bag, uh, Schroeder coming back to the Lakers was a huge piece of them. I think what a budget, this, <laughs> right? Yeah, the eighty-four million. I don't want that. I'm betting on myself. The Lakers get him for the minimum, you know, and it's like he's yeah, he's really good. Um, I like this. I mean, and of course, uh, we talk about it all the time. Ben and I the other night. We we raved about like not understanding why Lonnie Walker the fourth was not in the rotation, and we always know on here every time we talk about somebody, 
sure enough, the next night he goes for like 21, 22 points. And I'm like, oh, there he is. So let's say they have a healthy LeBron, which all they care about is having him healthy and having a shot in the playoffs. That's all they care about. You're looking at LeBron, Anthony Davis, Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura, Dennis Schroeder, Troy Brown, who's fine, you know, Lonnie Walker, who you just mentioned. And I don't know. I don't think I'm going to put Mo Bob in there. I don't think you can play Mo Bob. No, in just go there. Series. You're nine. You're nine at this point. You're nine deep. That's pretty good. You know, like you're going to have to cut two of those guys out of your rotation. Um, there's no way Austin Reeves leaves the rotation, obviously. But, um, you know, that's that's solid. That's, that's solid. And on the other end with Golden State, like we said, this is a team who just got Steph Curry back and had won five in a row going into today. Um, they're without Andrew Wiggins as he's kind of going through some personal stuff. So hopefully he's back soon. Jonathan Kuminga was really good today. Um, I know that, you know, Wise moves on to Detroit and he's played pretty well there. I'm really happy for him. And I want to see him get back because he to get better. You know, Moses Moody is just not playable. We're kind of realizing, which kind of stinks because I was really high on him. Well, here's the thing, though. He's still like he's still so young, though. Right. Yeah, I agree. Which is why, which is the same thing. Like the problem with the Warriors, they're in win now mode. Like they only have a small window at this moment. Right. Yeah. Um, Draymond talked about it on his pod this week. He's like, yeah, the writing's kind of on the wall. This is it. Yeah, so we were kind of looking at it as Jordan pulls like the passing of the torch. Like they got the young guys. We can maybe create a Golden State 2.0, but these guys just aren't as talented as those three guys that got drafted. Right. Um, and the and the and the unsung hero of that team that that gets no respect sometimes, no credit is uh, Kevon Looney. I agree. Um, he he definitely does all of the things that needs to be done. Uh, obviously, last year Wiggins was a big piece of them winning, but. Their their windows probably this year and maybe next year um, is the only chances they got. And then I see that starting to become different. Um, the luxury tax, the the contracts, the, you know, Draymond's contracts, like that team, it, it, it's almost similar to what we saw with the last dance type thing, which we've talked yeah. about before. So they got to win now. Here's the Here's the cool thing about that, though. The Lakers or the the Warriors starting five is the best starting five in basketball on paper, analytics numbers. So we're talking Draymond, Wiggins, Clay, Steph, Looney. They're the best starting five in basketball. I believe they will have that team ready for the playoffs. I was just about to say. So I'm looking now. I don't know if I'd pick them against Phoenix in a series in the first round, but say they drop to the six. And things stay as they are. I picked them to beat the Kings. I might look silly, but I picked them to beat the Kings. I would probably a... pick them to beat Memphis. Like, oh yeah. Uh, well, again, Memphis. We'll talk about in a minute. Um, the Kings won't be a tough out though. They, they'll be a tough out. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I absolutely agree. But like, okay. And on the other end, so these four teams above them right now, the Lakers right now in the play-in. New Orleans, we just talked about. We think they fly out. Utah. I think they fall out too. I just think that with everything kind of going on there. So then you're looking at Dallas and the Clippers who they have not beat the Clippers in like 17 years. It feels like, um, and will obviously be tough because that's always a good matchup. You know, Westbrook's been fine since he's gone there. I don't think he's been as great as the stats say he's been. If except, you watch some of these games, except the Clippers are zero and five since he's gotten traded. Right. right. Yeah. So, 
Do you take the Lakers over the Clippers right now? I think it's a close conversation. I think it's a conversation. I do think it's a conversation, but I'm not there yet. Um, so then it comes down to, okay, do you take them over Dallas? And I think I do. So I want a, I want the Lakers in the playoffs just because it's fun. You know, I want the Warriors in the playoffs because it's fun. Um, I love that the Kings are there. I love that Memphis is there. I love that Phoenix is doing their thing. Like, I think Phoenix will win the title. But, you know, I told you after the trade deadline, I'm, I think it's going to be Phoenix, and I think it's going to be Boston. But we're going to get to a team that's obviously going to be in that situation here in a second. Uh, well, by the way, is Boston still down to the Knicks right yes, now? Yes, they were when I looked last. I don't know what it is right now. Which Knicks are up to believe, like, two with three minutes left. Did we, did we sell the Knicks too early? Yes. Yes, we did. You got all those Villanova kids back together, and they're like, "Oh yeah, dude, we like made the Boston, we made the Garden our second home. So like, we we were there, winning championships forever. So we'll just do it again." Um, so yeah, I am stoked. I think the West is definitely weaker than the East, but the storylines are better, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see how it all plays out, especially if Davis and LeBron stay healthy. It's a whole different ball game. Uh, and I guess now D'Angelo Russell, because D'Angelo Russell's really never like he's been in a playoff series, but he's never really had an experience like this where he could really be successful. So, so uh, we're, we're tied ball game with three minutes left, one oh four. Yeah, because I was going to do a sixth segment on the Knicks tonight if we had at a time. So if they lose, you know, it's like they're still pretty good. But like that, the idea of uh, right now the four five there is Cleveland and New York. Um, that's fun. So. I feel like Evan Mobley is like just about to take that step. Like it's like he's doing awesome things and he's really, really good. We speak his praises all the time, but it feels like he's like clicking into that next level that we all thought he was capable of. And I thought this was going to be like next year he was clicking into that and it's coming. And that's frightening as they're going about to make their play, make their first run in the playoffs uh, in a sense, the LeBron era. So, all right, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Um, we got to talk about the whole John Moran thing, and I don't want to make it like a whole praise session, like, you know, like preaching session by any means, but... Um, I'm like, glad we didn't start with it. I'm glad we started yeah. basketball first. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, with this kind of going on, um, I don't want to take the angle of, I guess I'm going to take the angle I don't want to take. And so, you know, you obviously being a dad um, of two teenage boys who are basketball fans, I'm sure they really enjoy the game of John Morant. My two nephews are 12 and eight and they have John Morant jerseys. They get their hands on every John Morant trading card they possibly can. They are counting the days until Nike puts the release date on his sneakers because they want it so bad. Um, they went to Indiana just to see him play. They arrived three hours early just for shoot around to see him, like see him warm up. He's become that guy for kids. And, you know, now this is really the first time in my life where I'm seeing like, so I don't know what you can compare it to from your, from your, like when you were younger, but for me, and this is totally different circumstances, obviously, but you know, I grew up. 2001 to 2003, those Lakers teams were gods to me. 
um, the Shaq Kobe team. So when Kobe got in trouble and all this stuff started coming out, like I remember it was the first time I felt heartbreak and disappointment in an athlete where I was like, man, I looked up to this guy. He's so cool. You know, I had the number eight Jersey. I tried to get my hands on crazy eights. So now seeing it through like my nephews who like, I think the world of has really like changed for me. And just really like has sucked just to see, because he's, you know, we talk about it all the time. He's probably the most fun NBA player to watch on the court right now with the things he does. Um, and he has definitely like developed into being someone kids will love watching play because they love the YouTube highlights. And, you know, Memphis carries a ship on their shoulder as a team that he kind of leads the way. So now kind of seeing that the story that comes out earlier in the week with, you know, the, the game at his house and then this whole thing with his, you know, Instagram, social media, uh, it sucks, dude. It's really disappointing. And, you know, he, like I said, one of my favorite players in the world to watch play. Absolutely love watching Jabberant play. Um, and that's all I want him to do. I just want him to play ball. And I feel so, like this is kind of, this kind of sucks. So um, we touched, we touched on it. And I want to, I want to get into this without assuming things, you know, right. because um, obviously I don't know Ja. Um, I don't know his dad, T. Um, I don't truly know Ja's upbringing. You know, you got some of the funny sure. memes going around about how he went to, you know, a, a, a private school and, you know, kind of making fun of the little eight mile thing. But here's what I'll say. When you grow up and you have friends, okay, generally when you're younger, um, especially if you have close friends and uh, you guys stay in touch. So, for instance, uh, we'll use LeBron for an example, right? Went to St. Vincent, St. Mary. Uh, we all know his story, but his basketball team, how him and his boys were went there to the school. We're all together. They're still friends to this day. Um you know, we all know the paths all of his friends took, right? We don't know that backstory of Ja and his friends and like what happened after Ja made it, like what did his friends decide to do, right? So as far as I know, Ja could just still be really close with his friends that sure. grew up and they decided to choose a different path than what he did. Um, probably very similar to Allen Iverson type ish uh, background with all his friends. Right. Yeah. And the, the, the question that really lies there is, is that now, now you're, now you're John ja Morant, you're the number two pick in the draft who went rookie of the year, um, who has exceeded all expectation and has now became sort of a mini face of a league, right? You have your own signature shoe with the biggest brand in the world when it comes to basketball. And we both know, as they say, you know, um, you can go all the way into like the Spider-Man saying, right? With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Um, he's probably got so many people from all different angles, like in his ear, you know. And of course, hopefully sure. the main one is his dad saying like, hey, keep your head on straight. Because from everything I've ever heard, his dad has kept him on a straight line all the way until where he's got to where he is. Now we see his dad at the games and stuff and he's there rooting for his son and he's acting a fool sometimes. And, but I'd like to think behind closed doors, like they have conversations and he's like, Hey son, like I know that I'm this and this and that, but you need to be like this. So I'm really hoping that this is one of those things that Ja did 
and he made a mistake and he owns up to it, which he has up to this already. Yeah. And he learns from it and he moves on and it never happens again. Yeah. That's all we hope for. Um, you, know, you mentioned T Morant and like all that stuff. Like, I just feel like he's just like every AAU dad, you know what I mean? Like the guy who's like, my son is the man. Like my son is that dude. He is him. Um, and you see them all the time if you go to like the Nike basketball circuit, the EYBL. Um, so it's, you know, it's definitely different, but I agree, man. Um, this is, you know, I just want to talk about him dunking on people and getting the crowd in Memphis fired up after he makes a big play. So they're obviously, he's suspended for two games for now. Uh, they haven't really put a guarantee on how long he'll be gone. I can't imagine it'll be very long. But I want to, I want everybody to understand the difference between like basketball when we grew up, Tim, and I'm even a little older than you. So like, yeah, the rarity that we had watching some of these young guys, right? We had Kobe and we had Garnett. Um, were really the two big name guys, right? That came out mm -hmm. of high school early, played early. Uh, Dwight Howard. Um, just thinking of some of like the not all guys that came out. I'm just thinking about the guys that came came out and became became superstars at a young age. Right. Um, nowadays, everybody in the draft is young. Like, everybody's coming out at 18, 19 years old, or they're coming from the G League. So, like, John Rant's 23, right? He's in his, I guess, technically his fourth year in the league now. He's 23. Like, he's a kid. Yeah. He just so happened to get a huge contract that kids that age just never see. Um, my idol growing up, Michael Jordan, I mean, 23, he was only in his like second year in the NBA. Yeah. He was uh, getting ready for like, he was getting his foot healed for Boston. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> see the difference. Yeah. It's, it is totally different. You're right. And I think like, I mean, that brings up a thing too of, um, so if you look at this draft coming up, it is international stars and G league players and like overtime elite and stuff. There is one college player right now. People are talking about in the top five. And that's Brandon Miller, who has like this weird, unbelievable, just like uncomfortable story going on. So it's like, if you're like the guy who hangs your hat on like college football, I mean, college basketball is the best way to get players ready for the NBA. Like that doesn't look good right now. Um, and we're not going to get into all the semantics there by any means and all that stuff. But this is just a really weird time for like these younger kids. And they're like, you know, the attention they're getting. Um, that's much worse, probably. I mean, it's way worse, obviously, than the John Moran situation. But it's just a really different time. And like you said, these are young dudes. You hope they learn from mistakes. I don't even know how the Brandon Miller thing is going to go, so I'm not even going to speculate. Um, but, you know, Jal released a statement. Nike released a statement saying, like, they're really happy that he, like, understands what happened, what he's going to try to do to make it better. So, yeah, like we said, I just want to get to the point where we talk about John Moran dunking on people. And we're having a good time talking about his basketball games again. And that's that's all I want. I mean, he's one of the few guys I have an NBA jersey for. I don't want to be disappointed in having that. And to be um, honest with you, I think that um, this will be a distraction that will go away. And it won't be a thing anymore. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I hope you're right. Um, so let's get back to court stuff. Um, on the court stuff, I should say. By the way, the Knicks are up one with 17 seconds to go. Um, so last night, we talked about this first second before we came on the air. Milwaukee's win streak ends after 16 games. 
Uh, they're, you know, they're still 45 and 18. They're still okay. Uh, they also just are going to be bringing in Goran Dragic. He will not be playing Monday, but um, in their game against the Monday. No, I'm sorry. They don't play till Tuesday. Uh, they play uh, Orlando. But, dude, so you mentioned earlier that you said, like, when Kevin Durant is on the floor and he's healthy, you feel like he's the best player on the court at all times. I think Giannis is my only argument for him. And it's a totally different player, totally different dynamic. Uh, I did laugh at him being on The Daily Show. I thought that was kind of funny, even though he was set up for it. Um, but this was kind of like his wild game. Like, it's like, like, you know, Milwaukee up so big. And I think we talked about, like, we think the East is better than the West right now. At least I said that. I should, I don't mean to speak for you. Uh, but those three teams right now in the East, you can probably make the case. You can make a case for all three of them to win the finals. Uh, the only reason we don't make a case for the Sixers is Doc Rivers is their head coach. And he has he knows how to coach himself out of winning playoff series. But uh, this bot, you know, just a crazy, crazy thing. Like, what an awesome win streak to see. So really excited about how the Bucks respond. I know they played today. Against, they won today. Against um, Washington, ben, yeah. Ben and I talked about their streak, thinking that it, we actually said if they get past the Sixers, we see this streak running into the mid-20s, is, is, was our exact conversation. And sure enough, I was watching thinking like, man, we're going to, we're going to nail this on the head, right? Like they're going to beat the Sixers. Yeah. They play the, they play the Wizards next. And uh, that's, that's a game they can win. Then they go Magic and Nets. And then they got the Warriors who we don't ever know which Warriors team is going to show up. So they would have been 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. And then they play the Kings and the Suns on the road. And that was where I thought it was going to get dicey for them. Um, one, because I know how Phoenix is stacked right now. Um, but I told you, I feel like the Bucks roster is best constructed in the East to make a run at the finals. And the only thing that scares me about their roster is Chris Middleton's health. Like, yeah, like he didn't play tonight. Um, and I don't know if that was just maintenance um, or if he's out again, but um he didn't play against the Sixers either. Or, or sorry, he did play against the Sixers, but he didn't start. Um, so I'm not sure if they're just trying to wean him back in. But if you look at their roster, the way that it's built, and the guys they went and got uh, just for the playoff run, um, Joe Ingles, Jay Crowder. Um, I've already told you guys like Bobby Portis, who's a huge. He's huge for them. Yes. Um, Carter, like they're like they could shorten their roster and play with anybody. Like they could shorten that rotation and play with eight guys and play against anybody. And I feel like the guys they got coming off the bench is the guys that help them win. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but like Grayson Allen has really stepped up into a role that I never thought he could step up into. Me too. Um. I've always, you know, your guy, P. Connington, Mr. Pat. Um, I feel like uh, he he does a lot of things that doesn't show up on the stat line sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you got Lopez, Holiday, Giannis, Middleton. I mean, that's <laughs> that team's so good. They play so well together, man. They really do. 
and like they're young guys that do play, like they get like their minutes. They don't get a ton of minutes, but like Marshawn Bucamp is pretty good. Um, you know, he's not going to go out there and probably give you 35 minutes by any means in like a big game. I don't even know if he'll make their playoff rotation, but right, pretty decent. Uh, you know, Javon Carter, Joe Ingles, guys that people kind of gave up on, Jay Crowder. Who they just brought in, guys. People gave up on Wesley Matthews. I mean, who who was yeah. at the Lakers last year? Like, he's been known to hit some big shots, you know, here and there. Um, I always say the other, the Giannis's little brother. I, I feel like sometimes he's just on the roster just to be there because Giannis wants him there for some comforts. That are like, yeah, we'll put him on there. We'll make yeah. him feel good. Costas gets cut by the Bulls, but Thanasis is like still living large. <laughs> um. So yeah, man, I I feel like the way this is gonna line up, it's 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 a Boston, it's a Boston Bucks Easter Conference Finals, man. I unless know. unless Philly does something miraculous. I don't know, man. So, you know, I said on here that I feel like the Celtics gonna win the title, and I hate everything inside me like hurts when I say that. Um I think that they don't want to play the Knicks in a playoff series. I think the Knicks match up really well with them. Um, I don't know if, I mean, again, it goes back to, I don't know if I would say the Knicks would beat them, but I think they would give them a hell of a run in a series. And see, I think Cleveland matches up with Milwaukee well. I do too. That's another one, man. Like I just said, like Mobley is like this close to tapping into that next level. Um, after he had that really god-awful game in January where Kendrick Perkins called him out and was like, what the hell, where the hell are you? He is balled out for good stretches. Um and he is really kind of, kind of jumped in. Like I, I tell you, dude, like if you watched him play and look, there are, na- there are local TV team on our local channels. So we get to see them plenty. He is, he's this close. He's Again, not far away. He's only 21, 21. And he's already like got future defensive player of the year written all over him. Like next to another guy who could potentially be the defensive player of the year. So they're fun. I like them a lot, as you know. Um, yeah, the East is going to be really, really, really interesting, especially as we kind of get down to this final stretch. We've got one month left of the NBA season. So it's going to be really interesting to see that, like, four or five. Also, um, I don't know if I would take them to win a playoff series. But... This group of guys that Brooklyn got back in these two trades look pretty good together. And you saw last night, obviously, they have that unbelievable comeback win against the Celtics. What is uh, it with these comebacks, man? Like, teams are getting blown out. Crazy. And they just come back and win these games. There's been like five or six of them in, I know. Like, in the last couple weeks. We're talking 25, 30-point deficits, and teams are coming back and winning. Yeah, I mean, it was at one point, it was 51 to 23 Celtics in that game. And uh, by the way, Mikhail Bridges just casually dropped 38 points to lead his team back to win. Your guy, Nick Claxton. Like I said, I'm not taking the Brooklyn Nets to beat any of the teams above them in a playoff series, but they are good. And these players they brought in certainly make them a shit ton more likable of a team. I know you're a big Durant guy, but. um, Tell you what, all the Knicks need to do is figure out a, a small little trade to get Mikel Bridges up there in New York, and then get all the Villanova guys. Villanova's like, "Hey, we already got a national chip. Let's go ahead and get this NBA title, man." 
right? Archie Diakonos like, why was I traded for Josh Hart? You guys should have kept me here. We could have kept this going. Good stuff. Um, all right. Is there anything else we need to touch on before we get out of here? I'm trying to think of anything big. Um, no, I mean, we touched on the Bucks win streak, uh, Memphis. We touched on, um, uh, other than, other than like last week, we didn't have the info at hand, um, when Ben and I were talking, but now we know about LeBron's injury to a little more extent. Um, mm-hmm. and they said they were going to reevaluate him in three weeks. And obviously we talked about Lakers, didn't talk about him, but, um, it definitely worries me a little bit after they they pushed it back a week after they were like originally they were like, hey, we're going to reevaluate him after a couple weeks. And then it's like, no, we're going to do three weeks. And if they push that back a little bit more, because I had told Ben, I was like, I'm a little nervous. He's going to miss like a month. Yeah, I was like, that's I, not don't, good. I don't know if that Lakers team can carry on without him. Um, even even if they were to make the play in like in a one and done game like that worries me. Even with AD carrying the load, like they, you know, they end up having to play somebody like Dallas, you know, where they got two guys against your one. Um, I feel like it's another lost season for LeBron. And I know I'm usually the, the the token LeBron hater on here, but like I said, as his career's winding down, um, and I know Ben sometimes says he feels like he's got three or four really good years left in him. I don't. Uh, because I start seeing like how severe these injuries are happening to him. And when you start messing with feet and ankles, um, if he's not turned into a spot up jump shooter at some point, he's and he keeps this, you know, roll away like man child to the basket. Like I just think his body's going to break down on him at some point. Um, He comes in the season. He's fine. Um, I'm pretty sure originally when he got hurt, it was the same ankle that got hurt last time. Uh, Yeah. And now you're talking about some tendon damage in his foot. And like that's nothing to play with, man. So especially at the size that he is and the weight that he carries, like, I don't know, man, that just scares me a little bit that like if they don't take care of this the right way and just if he tries to come back, like, hey, I need to make this playoff run because the playoffs are important. Like, I feel like it could damage the rest of his career in the long run. By the way, I do want to mention one last thing because you mentioned LeBron for get out of here. Uh, did you see Josh Smith's quote about LeBron? I did not. He said that he would not he would not be able to dominate in his era. Uh, Josh Smith has been drafted and retired in the time frame of LeBron's career. So what era necessarily is he talking about here? Wasn't Josh Smith like 03? <laughs> 05 to 18. So he got drafted after LeBron. Yeah. And retired way before him. <laughs> okay, then. All right. Like Rashid's was at least like, you know, he got drafted in the late nineties, you know, and like he played with them for like played in the same league for a couple of years. Josh Smith's career went like through before like his, like LeBron, like even hit his prime. So yeah, buddy. Okay. Uh, go back to your Atlanta Hawks teams. that did nothing as but, much as, as much as, um, you know, before we, I mean, before we get off here, like I, I can't, I can't really, nail like put this into words with like let's just say let's say at, at, at the end of this year right I know LeBron wants to play with his son let's just say like his foot's damaged and he's like I don't think I can go and compete at the level I'm used to competing at 
because of the injury I sustained on my foot. And it was probably hurt a while back and he kept playing on it, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think people understand or they're ready for the next year coming and LeBron's not playing in the league, like what that actually means. Yeah, I know there's some guys that are in I'm the not league ready that are. For that. I know. I'm saying I know there's some guys that are still in the league that are good, like Steph and Durant, and you know you got Giannis coming up and some of these young guys. But I'm like the Tatum's and the Jaws and like, but they're not LeBron. Like they're not. Yeah. You know, we're 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 lobbying that this guy could could technically be the greatest of all time. Like I don't think they realize like what is happening. So like when he leaves, right? Like. I mean, we felt it when Jordan left. Like we, even though he came oh, back for the Wizards, for like sure. we never, we never really looked at that Wizard stint and said, like, "Oh, Mike's back." Like we knew what he was doing when he came back. We knew it was a business decision that was potentially to put him in place to own a franchise, which he actually does now. <laughs> um, LeBron's still playing as a ball player that is trying to win a championship at the highest level at thirty-eight. Yeah. It's just broke the all-time man. scoring record. And um, as even me, like, saying, like, we're watching greatness. Like, you don't get this kind of greatness in any sport, anywhere. I mean, at all. Like, you're looking at soccer. You're looking at the Ronaldo and Messi. Um, Tiger Woods in golf. Um, Mike Trout right now in baseball when he's healthy. Uh, Barry Bonds when he retired. Um, Tom, Brady. Tom Brady just retired. Like, you don't get that greatness often. Like this is like Kareem. a once in a Kareem. This is like a once in a lifetime generational thing that like there may never ever be a guy that we see that plays at the level that he plays at. Yeah, and that's it. I agree, man. I completely agree with you. Um, so I think with that being said, we will go ahead and wrap this up. Um, Josh, I really appreciate you kind of being available on such short notice for us to get this done with. Uh, but Always, hey, man. don't forget if you are checking us out. So Mondays um, on the other feed at large bid, our college basketball show, Parker Fields and Neil Meyer holding it down. Uh, it's the last show for selection Sunday. We got conference tournaments coming up. So kind of curious to get their thoughts on all that. Um, and then on Wednesday mornings, uh, early afternoons, I should say Parker Fields and I here on this feed, do our NBA draft preview show. We've done two episodes so far. We've gotten some good feedback on it. We'll give you three prospects to kind of give our opinions on who we think they are and where they could potentially slip into the draft. Uh, last week was a good one. We did Bryce Sensabaugh, Kyle Filipkowski, and Amani Bates, which is a definitely a hot button. Uh, we have three really good guys coming up this week as well. Uh, so please take a second to check that out. Uh, I can confirm now we're on every darn podcast app imaginable. Uh, I went through and did all that work last week while I had some downtime. And if you want to go grab some gear, uh, please make sure to take a second to go to 40 minutes, basketball network.merchmake.com. I got to order that new dad hat before I head to Charlotte uh, and on St. Patrick's day. So uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you all. Have a good night and we'll talk soon. See you later, everybody.